Today's episode is brought to you by Patreon sponsors Ed Wiley, John Schuster, and Peppy Garrett. Thanks, gang. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the School of Last Podcast. Rick Roberts here, and today our topic is going to be, when should I quit? When is it time to quit? When is this thing done? When have I finished chasing this dream? And when can I move on to something else? If you're a stand-up career or your pursuit of one seems to be stagnated, uh, this episode might help you sort it out and maybe uh, get you back on track if you really want to stick with it, but maybe give you an honest insight as to when maybe it's time just to let it go. That's going to be our podcast episode here in just a second. In the meantime, up front here, I've got a question from John Peters uh, asking about how do you do improvising in your comedy set on the spot? And I assume John's talking about when you're on stage in a comedy show, when do you give yourself the green light to improvise and to to think in the moment and have fun? And John, that's a good question. And it's something that as you get more comfortable on stage, the more risk you're willing to take and so that you have more opportunities to plug that in. But one thing I would suggest, first off, is asking yourself, why do you want to improvise in the middle of your stand-up show? You know, if, is it to build some credibility with the crowd that you're a quick thinker? Is it to show them that you're a witty guy? Or do you need the time on stage? Are you trying to fill time on stage? You know, do you have a 10-minute spot and you've only got seven minutes of material? Is that the case where you need to, to improvise a little bit? Or is it just to bring some freshness to it? Uh, let's just talk about that across the board here for a second. First thing, I think it's great to improvise in each show, although there are times when going into the audience for things – I guess let's break it down this way. There's there's two ways you might improvise. One is within your own show and your own material and you, and the other would be to improvise with the audience and uh, bouncing something off of their input. So let's talk about the first one first. <laughs> when you uh, give yourself the permission on stage to improvise, you know, for me, I, and I can only tell you what I, I do and what I've seen other guys do, but for me, I try to write some bits to where I know I've got a good, strong premise it, it qualifies as a premise. It's, you know, it creates curiosity. It makes a statement. It sets the audience down one, one path so I can throw in some misdirection later on. And it you know, creates maybe a little bit of tension that needs to be released. And then, boom, you hit them with your punchline, which you know is going to be solid because you've got techniques in the punchline that trigger a laugh, maybe a tagline. And then give yourself some time just to react to the audience's reaction. As they laugh at your material on stage, Typically, that loosens you up and you feel nice and relaxed, and then you can think in the moment and see, where can I take this joke further? Now, sometimes you have some maybe ideas written down when you wrote the first version of the joke, and you can just explore that further if they're going with you. But also, you can just kind of look at the crowd and be in the moment and visualize the topic you're talking about. Let's just say the joke takes place at like a NASCAR race, and you hit your punchline. Look around where that joke took place in the NASCAR race. Was it in the line to get a beverage? Was it in the stands sitting next to people that were crazy? Uh, Was it right after a crash? Think about what else could or may happen in that situation and just speak it. Speak it into comedy, you know? Think about where you are in that joke and what would be your natural reaction to what happened last. 
that's one way you can take your joke and improvise a little bit on the spot. And if the crowd's a good, intuitive crowd and they're honest and they laugh, then boom, you know you've got something else you can add to the permanent part of the joke next time you go out and maybe take it even further the next time. When it comes down to bouncing ideas and improvising off the audience, let's talk about that for a second. It's It can be a little tricky, although it's, I think, extra exciting because in this situation, the audience doesn't they know for sure that you are improvising. Like in the first instance, you may come off on stage like that was all written and the crowd has no idea. Or maybe they gave you something you could run with. Maybe they tagged the end of your joke. Uh, we talked to Brian Bates on a couple of different episodes and this just popped in my mind, but he, he had a heckle where the audience member threw out a line and it got a big laugh and everybody knew that the line was funnier. And he just said, hey, uh, that's a bigger laugh than I got. And he kind of took it from there. And so if it's a situation where you've been yelled at by a heckler on stage, the audience is in on the fact that you're improvising now. And so they actually cut you a little bit of slack. If you say something mildly funny, it's going to come off as a little bit funnier because it's in the moment. If you come off with something really funny, it's going to be an applause break because they know that it came off in the moment. Of course, you can prepare some heckle lines for when situations occur, but if you really come across with something in the moment, the crowd's in on it. If it falls flat, you can just drop right back into your show and keep on moving. So there's not a lot of risk when somebody throws you a, a curveball on stage from the crowd. You just deal with it and get back into your set if you like or explore it as much as you want. I guess the key to both of these things are just being confident that when you're on stage, you're there to perform. So improvising can help you amp up your performance and take it to a new level. And dealing with hecklers, uh, which is a topic we'll talk about in a few episodes, I believe, uh, is another way to kind of get back at the crowd. Okay, let me define it a little bit further even as far as improvising comedy on the spot. And we talk about the confidence level it takes a comic to have to do that. With all of your comedy on stage, I want you to look at it as experimental. You know, unless you're getting paid, unless this is a high-pressure you know, showcase set, if you're just doing an open mic somewhere, give yourself the green light to improvise and fail. Give yourself the green light to try new material and fail. And look at each joke just as a joke. Don't internalize it. Don't put yourself in the joke so far that if the crowd doesn't like the joke, you feel like they don't like you. Separate yourself from that and just look at each little nugget that you throw out as a sample product, like you're just pitching a product. If the crowd laughs, they bought your product Go back and build more on that product. Add some new features. Make it shinier. Make it bigger. If they didn't laugh, go back, do a little R&D, research and development, and make that joke better. Okay, so I hope that answers your question there, John, as far as improvising comedy on the spot. The major takeaways, I think, if you just want to sum all that blabbering up that I just did, is uh, always try to find times to improvise and to have fun, but also realize if it doesn't work, you can jump right back into your set. I think Bill Hicks said it best. Was He said, my set my jokes, my bits, those are things I just go back to when I run out of things to say. So he gave himself permission to go out there and just work off the top of his head until it wasn't working, and then he would jump into a set. All right, let's move on into today's topic, which is when is it time to quit? <laughs> I know this sounds kind of crazy, but you know, as we start here in our next batch of episodes, we reached 100 episodes. Now this is 101. Instead of talking about a new beginning, let's talk about maybe when it is time to quit. Uh, there were definitely times when I first started where I, I kind of doubted that there was a future with it, but I never lost the urge to get on stage, and I never lost the urge to make it work. 
and I never lost the urge to create new material. So if you find yourself losing the urge or the passion or the desire to go out and do it, that might be a, a little telltale sign that this isn't for you. Uh, I don't know any comic who has made it who you know didn't reach a path where it could have gone either way, where they could have quit or not. But the comics that stuck with it is because they just could not stop doing it. It's what we were built to do. We are just handcrafted by God to create material and be funny and be on stage. So my first little blurb here is if you are contemplating quitting, ask yourself why. And I've got, I think, seven little reasons why you might be thinking about quitting comedy. So let's just go down my little thought pattern here right down the road. First thing is if you haven't created anything in months, if you haven't written a new joke in months, I don't say weeks because I realize life can get in the way sometimes for weeks, but if you haven't written a joke in months, nothing's passed through your mind that you thought, i got to write this down. Comedy might not be naturally inside of you. It might not be part of your natural DNA. And you can develop comedy and you can develop skills to write material, but if things aren't even appearing to you, like if the muse, if you will, isn't providing you with some tangible things to write about, experiences to deal with on stage, then Truly and honestly, comedy might not be your thing. Uh, it would be crazy to think that you would go months without writing a new joke. And I mean for comics that are brand new, and I mean comics that are headlining, uh, comics that have headlined for years. If nothing jumps in your mind to write and you don't even feel the urge to include something new in your show each time you perform – you might be done with it. Honestly, you may just be gone. So you want to keep that skill up. One way to write constantly is to create some goals for yourself, a vision board, sometimes people call it, or a whiteboard you can set up in a, in a basement, in a spare bedroom, anywhere to remind you every day that something needs to be put on this board. You know, a big blank sheet of paper, you might fold that up and put it away. But having a nice big bulletin board, I've got about a five by four uh whiteboard in this office and at the beginning of each week i clear it off and i come here on a tuesday or a wednesday or whenever i get back from the road and the first thing i want to do is put something on that board some ideas some concepts so writing is part of who i am as a comic and i think a true comic who is meant to do this is going to have that desire and urge to write so once again if a few weeks go by maybe life got busy but a few months go by and you haven't written anything man this may not be for you and i'm just being honest with you um, what if you haven't got a new booking in months? Maybe that's why you're thinking you might want to quit. Let's talk about that for a second. Why haven't you got a new booking in months? Is it because you haven't hustled? Have you not made phone calls? Have you not got on LinkedIn and looked for groups that may hire you? Have you not networked with other comedians who could take you to a show or a new venue and get you a guest set so you might get in front of the booker or the agent who handles that room? Why are you not getting new work? Could it be because your show has not gotten any better. Or, if we're honest, it hasn't changed at all, just like we talked about it a minute ago, if you haven't written new material. If your show hasn't gotten better, how in the world would you expect to get more bookings when you haven't put out any effort to get bookings? All right, so first thing is first, write, retool, look at your show, be honest, review your set, see what you can do better, and do it. You know, if you, I, know I mean, this is so crazy, but I know so many comics that just 
I can't get booked. This guy doesn't like me. Oh, they've got their favorites, all this stuff. You know what? If you're funnier than everybody else and you're improving, people notice that and they book you. So if you haven't gotten a booking in months, look at your show. See how you can push yourself to make it better. Don't settle for just what you've got. Make it stronger. Uh, I'm going to reference a lot of different podcasts in this particular one to give you guys some tangible things you can go check out. The Stretch Podcast podcast episode 44 has a lot of different ways you can push yourself to get better and write new material so check that one out if that's the reason you're thinking about quitting comedy another reason you might not be getting booked you know and maybe haven't been booked for a new gig in months is your online video if your video is bad it doesn't it doesn't matter how many people see it in fact you want <laughs> you want less people to see it right you might have a million views on youtube on a stand-up video and if you're not getting any bookings off of that it's probably because the video is not good. It might be funny for the wrong reasons. You know, people might love seeing the train crash, and they might be watching the video thinking, "Man, I got to share this to somebody. This is horrible." Seriously, look at your video and see if it's high quality. And by quality, let's just listen. Listen to it first before you even watch your video. Just listen. Can they hear? You know, can the audience who's on YouTube or wherever you get your video, can they hear what you're saying clearly? You know, go to your volume settings and. and Knock it down to about the third, you know, third little dot if you're on a Mac or whatever. You know, go to all the way to zero to mute and then punch it up to three. If at that level you can't hear clearly you and the audience, then the video audio is horrible. So maybe that's a video you want to take down. If the audio is clear, I want you to listen for laughs. If you're trying to get MC work or feature work, you should be somewhere in the six to eight laughs per minute range. If you're only getting one laugh per minute, that's the reason you're not getting booked. You might be super likable, but if you're not giving the crowd what they're used to, then you're not going to stack up as a professional comedian. So that's maybe, maybe that's why you're not getting a gig. You know, uh, put yourself up against people that you want to work with, you know, or for. Look at their, you know, look at a club. Look, you know, pull up, say, you know, whatever club you, you live close by, Zany's Comedy Club here in Nashville. You know, look at the tag Zany's and YouTube and see who's worked at Zany's. Watch some of the sets. See how often they're getting laughs. See if those comics are getting booked back. You know, every club is going to have high-quality comedians in the headlining spot and most often in the feature spot. But if you're trying to get MC work, look at what MCs are doing. Are they getting five laughs a minute? Are they getting ten? You know, you want to be in a comparable situation to where you're actually stacking up well against the competition you're trying to take out. Because every time you get booked on stage you're actually knocking somebody else out of a spot they've been in before. So are you better than the comics that are already up there on stage? If not, get stronger. Write more. Have more experimentation. Try different things. Get a better act. Change your act. And then change that video. Another reason you might not be getting booked, maybe you've got a decent video. Maybe you're doing pretty well. You're making phone calls. But your website hasn't been updated in a year or six months. Lots of comics. Don't update their website. It's so easy now with WordPress. Uh, WordPress is what I use, so I'm most familiar with it. But WordPress, you can update anytime. You don't need a webmaster to do the updates for you. You can put even just a little snippet, do a mem, meme, whatever those things are, a picture with words on it of one of your newer jokes, and post that. You know, Every couple of weeks, minimum, you should be updating your website so people know you're still alive. I can't tell you. I mean, just go online right now. Look up some comedians' websites and see... When the last update was long time. So think about that. Look at your website. When was the last time you actively updated it? And then put in a place, a, a schedule to update that thing. You know, you can, with WordPress, I know you can schedule the, the post to go live at any different 
any specific time you want to. You just uh, schedule it in there, day, date, and time, and it will go live. So it's not something you have to do every two weeks. What you could do is sit there for one day, take a full day, and schedule 10 updates for the next 10 weeks, and then chill out. Just let it happen. But if people see your website is not updated, they are suspicious. Bookers are suspicious. If you've got your uh, social feeds coming through there, you know, if you've got a little spot where your Twitter feed shows up on your website, make sure you're tweeting. I mean, that's it's pretty simple. If your Facebook feed goes through your website and there's a little window that shows your post and your response and your followers, make sure there's something going on there or take that off. But whatever you do, make sure your, your website is an active representation of where you are right now. You might be better than the video you have or the website you have. If that's the case, you got to update both of those things. Get current. Go get some video and update that at the very least on your website. If you need some other website tips for comedians, uh, you can go to episode 53. We cover that in depth in that entire episode. And there's some specific things you can do to make things happen for your video. The other reason you might not be getting bookings for months is there might just be a lot more people in your area that are funnier than you and are able to work or show the desire to go get the work more than you are. The phone doesn't ring. I don't care how long you've been doing comedy. Uh, typically, for most of us, we got to make something happen until we generate enough online presence to where the phone rings and people call us up. There's things you can do to make the phone ring, uh, but the number one thing you can do is be funny. Get that on video. Get it on your website. At that point, if things are looking good and you want to get your name out even more, you might want to run some Google AdWords. You know, describe your comedy in those AdWords, and people that are looking for your type of comedy can find you in Google. But don't do that until you've got your website popping and happening and up to date with fresh video and looking good. But realize there might be funnier people right around you. You know, if the comedy club probably has, you know, maybe they have a local MC do two weeks a year, different local MCs. That's 26 spots. If you're doing, you know, each guy's doing twice or each gal's doing two times. Are you the 27th funniest person in the area? If you are, you need to bump somebody out. Go get stronger. Don't don't fight it. Just get into it, man. And if, if you don't have that urge, then again, comedy might not be your thing, and it might be time to quit and get out of the way and let people take that spot on stage when you do get it. Okay, number three reason you may think it's time to quit. You spend more time worrying about getting on stage than actually time spent on stage. Let me say that again. You spend more time worrying about getting on stage and what will happen then than getting actually on stage and being there. So there's lots of reasons you might have some fear of getting on stage and when that happens, man, you got to kind of analyze the situation. Fear is a real thing, and sometimes fear is good, right? Like if you have a little sense of fear in the middle of the night walking down a dark alley, that's real. If you're in the jungle or you're out there camping and you hear a little sound and you've got some fear, that's your body saying, hey, be on alert. Uh, maybe you're at Walmart anytime. You've got fear, right? It's right there. Don't ignore it. But be objective and see what is causing it, right? Stage fright might be one reason. Lots of people have stage fright. But if you're pursuing comedy, you've got to get over that. You've got to just flat out get over that. Uh, one thing I recommend doing if you've got stage fright, obviously check out episode 54, which is all about overcoming stage fright. But one quick tip is realize that 95% of the people in the audience are more afraid about getting on stage than you are. They're so afraid they're not doing it. But you've signed up for the open mic or you've signed up to do some time. Realize that you've got a little superpower that's stronger than everybody sitting in the crowd. Their gravity is holding them down to the seat. Your gravity is taking you to the microphone. So just realize that and use that fun. You know, use that as power. Use that as fun. Get on stage. Don't don't be worried about it. What's the worst thing that can possibly happen? 
you get struck by lightning. But if that happens, two or three other people in the front row, they're going out with you. So don't sweat it, man. Get up there and get on stage. If the reason that you're afraid to get on stage is the last time it didn't go too well, why didn't it go too well? Look at your material again. If you're getting solid laughs, you should be looking forward to getting on stage. Even if you have stage fright or performance anxiety, if you know you've got great material, uh, it kind of puts a creative protective bubble around you, and people can't pop that. So ask yourself, is it my material? Do I need to write better material? Do I need to practice it a little bit before I go to the open mic even so I can get it out of my mouth coherently and get it out there with some fluidity and be positive and pow, hit it? If that's the case, spend the time to get stronger. So why are you afraid to get on stage? A, it could be the material. B, it could be just the stage fright in general. Three, maybe you're booking the wrong kind of rooms. You're doing gigs that aren't meant for you, man. You might be looking for any chance to get on stage, but some of those or maybe the most often times you get on stage. It's not your crowd. You might have material that is geared towards people your age and up. And if your age is 47, like myself, there are places that are not very productive for me to go to do stand-up. You know, if I'm going to go to a college campus and do a bar gig at Tuesday night at midnight, I'm not going to get a lot out of that. So find gigs, find places to go where you can do the material you need in front of the audience that it's meant for. If you don't have a place like that, go and create your own. Create your own gig. I check out episode 41 with Pauline, and she goes into great detail about how she got different rooms to sign on for a comedy night. And that way she had her she had the gig. She could MC it, host it once or twice a month, develop her stage presence, develop her material, and she created an opportunity instead of waiting for somebody to create one for her. So if you're booking the wrong kind of gigs, get out of those situations and get into gigs that are productive that are fertile for your kind of material, and you can develop in that spot, okay? Uh, if you're afraid of bombing, that could be the fourth or fifth reason that you've got this fear. Don't be afraid of bombing. i got a whole other episode, Podcast 62, about why are you afraid of bombing. Listen, again, your jokes are just jokes. If they don't laugh at the jokes, it doesn't mean they hate you. It just means you need to write better jokes. So look at each time on stage as an opportunity to develop and get stronger. All right, reason number four you might be thinking about quitting comedy is because you don't know how to get better. You don't know where to start. I would advise heavily by reviewing your shows the day or two after you get on stage. And I've said this before in previous podcasts, but you could review it that night. You could do a set at 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and go home at midnight and listen to your set back. And honestly, you still are probably a little bit fired up or angry or you know, depending on what your experience was during the show, your emotions are still involved with reviewing that set. So I would typically wait to at least the next afternoon to listen back to my show when I'm calmed down and I can listen to everything objectively and ask myself, man, why did I not get a laugh there? Let's rewind that. Oh, it looks like I botched the setup. I said said the same thing twice and it watered down the setup. Maybe I was unclear and I had two different thoughts in my premise instead of one clear thing. I see that happen to other comics all the time. I'm, I'm aware of it now, but early on I was calling it split premise. That's what I call it. I had two things going on in the premise, and I couldn't create true misdirection because the audience was going two different directions instead of just one. Listen back and see how often you're getting laughs. Listen back to when there are laughs and ask yourself, what did I do there? What technique did I do that triggered that laugh? Maybe I need to do more of that. Listen to the jokes that don't work. Ask yourself, is there a technique in that punchline? If not, you need to develop some. 
Ask yourself when you get a laugh, did I move on too quickly to the next topic or did I enjoy the laughter and allow the conversation from the crowd to evolve? And what I mean by that is when you're on stage or having a conversation with the audience, you tell the joke, they laugh. That's their part of the conversation. That's their reply. If you start cutting the replies off, they're going to laugh less. So let them enjoy the joke. Give them time to process it. And then as you feel that crest of laughter kind of hitting back down, tailing off, that's when you go on and do your next thing. So ask yourself, am I walking on laughs? Am I getting laughs? What are they laughing at? What techniques are behind the laughs? And what techniques that I'm using are not getting laughs? And ask yourself again, you know, is there even a technique in that punchline? If not, then you're probably, you know, relying way too much on the audience understanding your joke as opposed to being triggered to laugh by the technique in the punchline. All right, fifth reason you're thinking about quitting comedy, your calls are not getting answered or returned by booking agents or club owners. All right, let's talk about this for a second. There's maybe a couple of reasons your calls aren't getting returned. First off, do you even have a relationship with that club? Have they ever seen your face before? Have you ever sat there and watched the show just as an audience member then introduced yourself to the manager after the show? Do you have any comics in common between you and that club that can introduce you to the manager of the club? They're not going to take your phone call and return it if they've never heard of you before. And in the case they are at least curious as to who you are, maybe they've heard of you, if they Google your name and the worst video in the world pops up on YouTube, they're never going to answer your call. They're going to tell their uh, receptionist or anybody that's helping them out at the club to never put that guy through, never put that gal through. Don't expect a return phone call from someone you've never met in person, that you've never gotten or taken the chance to get to know. If you're not putting yourself out there and, and circulating and being in the clubs you want to book, uh, don't, don't expect a phone call back. It's crazy that you would expect that. And I know a lot of comics, when they first start, they do three or four clubs in the area, and then they call some place out of the area, and they're like, this guy doesn't return my call. I'm funnier than 10, 10 of the people they got on stage at their open mics or 10 of the people that are emceeing each year. Well, go drive to St. Louis. Go drive to Birmingham and do some of their open mics at the club. Let people know who you are, and then maybe when you call, they might answer the phone. So don't expect that phone call to be picked up if nobody knows who you are, Okay. Uh, if you want some more insight as to why bookers do the things they do, I would check out episode 72 with Midwest Clean Comedy and episode 78, Booking Agency Insights with Tim Grable. They give very honest, clear-cut answers as to why some comics get booked and some comics don't. So number five, your calls aren't getting answered by the bookers. That's why you're thinking about quitting. I would make myself known before I make my phone calls. Number six reason you may be thinking about quitting comedy is you just can't find the time with your work or your school schedule, and this comedy has fallen to the wayside. Listen, that can happen. You know, Sometimes you have life events pop up and, and work. You're working double shifts, or you've got the overtime part of the year going on, and you just don't have enough time to pursue it. i got to be honest with you, you know, if that's a long period, if it's three months, that you haven't really found time for comedy. You don't want to be a comedian. You like the idea of being a comedian. You love the idea of your friend saying, hey, that's the funny person over there. They do, a, they do comedy. You know, doing comedy is one thing. Being a comedian is different. Doing comedy, anybody from junior high or even fourth grade talent shows can go up on stage and do comedy. But to be a comedian means you're fully vested. You're, this is your career. This is your passion. This is your skill set. So you might enjoy the idea of being a comedian 
But unless you're finding time to get up there and do it, you're not. So if you're consistently finding that this is the case, you might really want to consider quitting. I think it'd be less frustrating to say, hey, I gave it a shot, it didn't work out, or I don't have the time for it, than to be constantly thinking, I should be getting stage time now. Why is nobody calling me? Well, it's because you're not getting out there and doing it or finding the time for it. So it might be something that's on your bucket list. Go ahead and nail your job for the next 20 years. Rock it out. Take some notes when you get done. I just met a guy two weeks ago. I think he was 82, and he <laughs> he had done comedy back in the 60s and 70s, Then he had a career for a while, and now he's back in the game. I think that's great, but he was realistic. He didn't try to do something that he couldn't do at the time. You know, you can't really serve two masters, as they say. Get dedicated to one thing and knock it out. And if comedy is not your thing right now, no big deal. Just step back, let somebody else take control of the stages in your area, and you focus on your job until you have time for it. If you're not sure why that's happening, again, we did a podcast number 13, Work-Life Balance. I would go back and seriously listen to that. Seriously listen to it and answer the questions that I ask in that podcast to see if comedy is for you and where it fits into your life. You know, the IRS defines a uh, hobby as, as something you've tried for three years to make money at, and you didn't. So after that, you can't claim the expenses on your taxes. So you know, three years, if you've given it three years and you haven't generated an income or enough interest to do it from booking agents and from clubs and what have you, then this may just be less than a hobby. You know, something that's not generating the financial reward in return for the time you're putting into it. So it's no big deal. You're not a failure, I think, if you tried something and it didn't work out. You're a failure if you didn't try it in my book and you've wondered about trying it your whole life. So Maybe the reason that you want to think about giving up comedy, and maybe you should if you just cannot find the time ever to do it. Number seven reason you may be considering quitting comedy is no one has ever encouraged you or give you given you helpful advice like they avoid you like the plague. You do some time, maybe you do an open mic consistently, and nobody comes up after the show and says, hey, that was a great set. I love this one joke you're doing. Maybe you can tag it with this. If nobody comes up after the show and says, man, you're my favorite comedian tonight, maybe comedy isn't for you. If nobody says, hey, I saw your set tonight, I love the changes you made in that one joke from the last time I saw you, if nobody comes up after the show and says, hey, I saw your set tonight, I need you to get, uh, I need to get your information so I can book you on one of my comedy nights on the other side of town, if nobody is talking to you after the show... Something is going on. I think most comics uh, in general are a little thick-skinned, and a lot of comics in general that have been doing it for a while are a little bit kind of in the I'll wait and see mode when they're watching new talent get up. But if nobody comes after the show and shows interest in your career or your pursuit of this career, it may not be for you. It really may not. And I wouldn't worry about that. I'd I'd be thankful for the sign that, hey, nothing's going on here. I can walk away. Nobody's even going to notice. You know, I have a phrase about... uh, encouragement and I love to encourage where there's something to be encouraged but I do not encourage where there's not something there and that's that's just from my perspective other people may see things to encourage that I don't that's great we're all wired differently but I have the phrase don't water the weeds you know when my son was like two the his favorite thing to do would be get the hose in the summer and any excuse to play in the water right I'd say okay let's go out it's after dinner time let's water the flowers and he would water the flowers, and he would get distracted and look people playing on the street, and he'd be watering the weeds next to the flowers. I'm like, don't water the weeds, man. You're wasting water. And so I think we all have a limited amount of encouragement. That's the water. 
And if somebody is, is growing and we see that there's something good and beautiful there, like a flower, we're going to water that and, and shine some focus on that and give them empowerment. But honestly, if I see somebody that's uh, disrespectful on stage, blasphemous, uh, just has contempt for the audience, I'm not going to offer encouragement. I'm going to sit back. I'll give advice if they ask it. But if there's nothing going on there that I think deserves to to be you know propped up or, or helped out, I'm stepping back. I'm not going to water the weeds. And I encourage you not to water the weeds and also find out if you're a weed. If nobody's given you some extra life, giving you some, some encouragement, uh, maybe there's a reason. So again, kind of a tough, this is tough love podcast this episode, but if nobody's laughing, there's a reason. Nobody wants you to work with them after the show. There's a reason. Look at your set, figure out what it is. All right, those are seven reasons you may be thinking about quitting comedy, and maybe it's the right decision, maybe it's wrong. Hopefully I've given you some ideas for getting out of the rut if you're in a rut and getting it kicked back into high gear. If after all this, you still don't know whether you should continue or not, I think it can simply boil down to these two questions. One, are you refreshed and energized and excited when you write or perform comedy? If that still excites you, and you still can't wait to do it, then comedy might still be your thing. You just have to find more time to make it happen and get way more serious than you are right now about it. The other thing I would ask myself is, does the crowd enjoy it when I perform comedy? And be really honest. Look at the way you perform. Look at the crowd reaction. Watch the other comics. Watch their crowd reaction. If you're not getting a a decent chunk of reaction like you think you should get, it's either the material And if consistently you rewrite material and it doesn't work better, it may be that your skill set is just not meant for comedy. So consider rewriting, getting better, taking classes, uh, workshopping some ideas with other comedians that are more advanced than you. Any of those things can help you. But if after over time nothing seems to get better, then you know what? It might not be for you and quitting is totally okay. It's You know, you can be a huge comedy fan. You might try to put your stand-up efforts somewhere else creatively. You might create videos. You might just be the most awesome tweeter on Twitter that anybody's ever had. You might make some great posts on Facebook, and that's that's good enough. Maybe that'll satisfy the need for you. But to be a comedian, I think it's one of those things you never even ask yourself these questions. You cannot wait to get back on stage. You cannot wait to fix a joke that's not working. You cannot wait to tell a joke again that is working. You cannot wait to improvise on stage and have some fun in the moment. You cannot wait to see your comedy buddies excelling and getting better and getting good breaks. You cannot wait to talk to a booking agent on the phone. You can't wait to work on your website. You can't wait to do all of these things to make it a career. So whether you should quit comedy or not is really all up to you. But I hope today at least gave you some things to think about, some reasons why you might be feeling about quitting, and some solutions with those podcast episodes that I referenced to help you get over the hump and back into the groove. Thanks again to all the people that are sponsoring the podcast now through Patreon. I really appreciate it. I won't go into the whole Patreon spiel right now, but if you want to support the podcast through a recurring monthly donation of your choice, a dollar, ten dollars, whatever in between, uh, feel free to check out schooloflast.com forward slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, or go to patreon.com forward slash schooloflast and find out more about all the bonuses you can enjoy as a laugh partner by helping support the podcast. Thanks, guys. I will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. 
For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.